What is up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode, the first installment, the uh, opening day of the Hustle and Muscle podcast. I am your host, Chris Graham, aka The Hustle. And I'm also your host, mm, AK. Like assistant <laughs> co-host. Assistant to we're, we're going back and forth with this. Assistant to the co-host. I'm your co-host. I'm your co-host. My co-host. Kristen Graham, aka the muscle. Why do they call you the muscle? I don't know. Because of that. A little of that. All right. So uh I know a lot of you guys have been watching, tuning in from our lives that we've been doing every Wednesday. And uh, we're going to now start bringing in guests. And you guys happen to know the guests because we already put a pretty cool thumbnail up, which is pretty nice because typically we have to make a thumbnail real quick every time before we go live. Right. And I don't have to be in the thumbnails anymore, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> you love it. Yeah. So before we get started, a quick shout out to all the sponsors that make these videos and our YouTube channel consistently grow and function. So let's shout them out. Uh, the first one, uh, I'll cheers to that. Cheers. Is to Fitvine Wine, who keep us fueled and and drinking our wine from week to week give us that liquid courage <laughs> to sit in front of a camera all of the time of course um sponsors me and jen both blackstone labs mm. also shout out another quick shout out thank you for the giveaway winner which was announced in my last video their prize is going out that was to a dave yep and uh tough wraps uh for all our fitness junkies if you're into like knee sleeves wrist straps gym apparel, whatever mm -hmm. it is, go hit up Tough Wraps and we'll put all that in the description below. And also our newest sponsor kicking off our very first episode. Yes. The Bouchaw family, the owners of Island Bar and Grill, which I'm sure if you follow us on Instagram, you've seen them before. We frequent it. Island Bar and Grill in Surfside, South Carolina is going to be one of our sponsors as well. And we are going to be sponsoring them in return because Brandon Bouchaw is a professional MMA cage fighter and he mud is. wrestler. And uh, does he also do jello fights? His wife, uh, Cynthia Bouchard, <laughs> she is the mud wrestler in the pair. Um, so we have them yeah, on board as video well. To come. Uh, yeah, so we're very excited about that. So let's get into it. The people want to see our guest. If you guys don't remember our guest, we're going to bring her in right now. Here's her quick intro if you're not familiar with it. Just the butt goes down and then you squeeze like you're trying to eat your pants. Ladies and gentlemen, Jen Aguirre. Here she is. Uh, can I tell you real quick before we get started, Jen, I've known you for a while and uh, one thing that uh, I didn't know was I always thought your name was Jenna Geary and I always thought it was Jenna Geary. Are you serious? I did. Yeah. We had this conversation before. So I always <laughs> thought it was Jenna Geary. Everybody's like, no, it's Jenna Geary. Yeah. And everybody so I, uh, people comment on it. People send me private messages and I don't like to correct people, but yeah, it's Jennifer. I think because on Instagram, I think it's, it's it your full name, right? It's just J E N N A G U I R. R E. And then my that's my handle. Yeah, so you don't know where like the actual break is in the name. And so I always just thought it was Jenna Curie. So little tidbit. So let's get into it. <laughs> Tell us right now, for those that don't know you, who is Jenna Geary today? I want to know like who are we looking at right now on this video? Like give us a quick intro about yourself, where you sit currently. 
So I'm a personal trainer, even though I hate that word, health coach, life coach, wife, mom. Uh, and I truly feel like I was put on this earth, given all the trials and tribulations that I've been through, so that I can get through them, so that I can teach people how to get through them. That's my purpose. My big question is what made you the woman who you are today? I know you talked about it on social media before, um, but who made you who you are today? What made you who you are today? Uh, all the really tough things that I've been through in my life. Um, so I, I, I feel like I am who I am in reference to how positive I am, um, the outlook that I have on life, uh, why I became a trainer, all because of my hard upbringing, um, my physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, being attacked as a kid, having a nervous breakdown, um, and then wanting to be a personal trainer. I was sick for years, so I've had Crohn's disease since I was 19, but I wasn't diagnosed until I was 21, and I knew something was up, and then 21 and 23, it was just like tough life, tough times, tough everything. And when after I had the nervous breakdown, that's when I decided to just not care what anybody else thought and do what I wanted to do. I was beat up by my ex-boyfriend. I was opening up a restaurant. Um, I didn't want to do that. And then I just said, I, I was, I'm supposed to be a trainer. I'm supposed to help people. So I don't want people to go through all the pain that I've been going through for technically four years. And that's when I had said, I'm just going to get my education so that I can help people not be in pain the way that I was. And then I started at New York Sports Club and became a trainer. And then all that stuff led me to here. So ultimately, I am who I am today because of hitting rock bottom at 23 years old, sick on medication and all that stuff. That's such a young age to like experience all that. Yeah. All right. So... As a kid growing up, did you play any sports? Were you active? So I was in a lot of sports, but I was never really allowed to stay in them. So I was a little bit of a rebel when I was young. I had a mouth on me. I definitely got that from my father. Um, I, I was really good in, in basketball and softball and volleyball, but I was never a violin. Um, and I was never able to continue to do anything. I don't know why. I honestly don't. Like, I'm actually even telling this, and it's really coming to head that I never really got an answer. But anytime I got good in something, <laughs> my father made me leave it. I don't know why. So I did sports, and I was into it, but I was never allowed to stay. And, then, and I'm going to also be honest. Some things that you might ask me about my childhood before the nervous breakdown are mainly from people telling me stories because I have major PTSD. So I have a very minimal memory of things before then. They say that's very common too, that you, like, you wouldn't remember like the bad things. Like it's, it's kind of like blocked out too. Yeah. So I either remember it from like a picture or a story that my mom told me or some of the really tough things that I remember are like, I remember them from the outside. Like it's weird. When I was getting uh, sexually abused, I remember it. I can see myself with the person, and I'm like a bird in a tree. It's the weirdest thing. But that's that's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, I'm like goosebumps. 
I don't even know how to file this up right now. (laughs) (laughs) So thinking back to your childhood, do you have any role models? So, or or even getting into like fitness and stuff. So the whole reason why I started working out is I'm, I'm definitely, I'm older than you guys. So I, do you remember the group, the police, Roxanne with the short blonde hair? Yes. You fucking liars. Okay. So (laughs) there was a woman that at the age of 16, I was at Long Beach and she looked just like Roxanne, but she was jacked. And I remember walking up to her, not realizing it's totally inappropriate to ask her how old she was. And she told me she was 70 years old. So like, that's normal to see people jacked now, but not, I'm 40, I'm almost 44. So I can't not math right now. What is that less than 30 years ago? It wasn't normal to see that. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my God. And my best friend in high school, this kid, Jeremy, he was very into working out. So I said, you need to teach me how to work out. And I was completely addicted from that point on. I had wanted to get my certification from the age of like 18. I had all that drama and that noise. People talking to my boyfriend at the time, my dad saying they'd be embarrassed to admit that their daughter or boyfriend, girlfriend was a personal trainer. So I never got my certification and that led all up to my medical issues and all that other stuff. But that truly was the inspiration for why I started working out, was that woman that I saw on the beach. And I said, I'm gonna be 80 and I'm gonna be dead. 90. That's crazy. Hell yeah, you will. <laughs> Did you ever yeah. have any role models when you were younger? Did I? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you mine, you go first. You show me yours, I'll show you mine. <laughs> Do you remember Jamie Eason, if I'm yes. saying that right? Blonde. Yep. She was like a blonde bombshell, so pretty. Yeah, remember? She was. <laughs> I used to have posters of her. Actually, it was after we got married that we didn't. I didn't get into fitness till after we got married. I was like an athlete growing up, but never like not like this. But I liked her back when I was doing like P ninety X, and she was like my motivation. P90X. Um, I think mine was always like uh, I remember like being a little kid. Like mine was always like the WWF wrestlers. Like, oh, that- and I'm sure a lot of people say this and it's going to sound, you just dated yourself too. Cause you said WWF. Yeah. Cause back in the day it was WWF <laughs> before turning into WWE. So back when it was WWF, uh, we're probably gonna get like copyright infringement. Right. Right. That. Um, no, like I remember being like a little kid, like watching like them come to the ring, you know, dudes were jacked. They had like the music, like Ric Flair with the girls, the jewelry, you know, like, uh, you know, hairless bodies covered in grease. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will, I'll, you know, but like as a little kid, you like look up to that stuff and uh, well, bodybuilders shave themselves. Yeah. And I was like, I, I want that lifestyle. Like I want to walk in a room and have theme music playing. Like I want smoke. I want the pyrotechnics and stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like that's the stuff that like I looked at. And then it was like, I started watching Saved by the Bell. You remember like Mario Lopez? You just went from WWF to Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all watched it. But like Mario Lopez. You know? And that's who I was thinking. I was thinking Mario Lopez and then you said it. Really? I get that a lot. Like I have dimples under here. People think we're brothers all the time. Um, Okay. I'm glad we got that off the chest. Yeah. You got that off your chest. You feel a lot better now. Okay. Now the whole world knows you like to be oiled up. You know how many boys when they were little wanted to be WWF wrestlers? Like every little boy wanted to do it. I'm just admitting how much I wanted. But you really did it because we have those videos of the WWE. Yeah. We did that. So he's actually a professional. Yeah, Christian would say the same thing about WWF, but he wouldn't talk about boys being oiled up and shaved. Just saying. Right. <laughs> this is supposed to be a safe space, Jen. <laughs> no judgment. No oh, judgment. my goodness. All right, so when we talk about, like, uh, 
like bodybuilding. So people that watch this that want to become bodybuilders or like you might have kids that are like 16 years old in the gym lifting. Everybody typically when you're a guy, I can relate to the guys want to get big. They want to get jacked. They want to get strong. Um, and there's still guys that I'm friends with now, um, you know, 40 years old, 45 years old. I still want to get jacked and big. Some people want to lose weight, but they want to get big and look like a bodybuilder. Um, so the big thing is like, how do you lift to look like a bodybuilder? Like, that's like the question you get. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I get it. I'm sure you get it all the time. You probably get it is like, what do I do in the gym? Like, tell me what to do to look like a bodybuilder. So, um, I want to know typically is like how you train and what do you think works best for you to make you look the way that you do? So back in the day, um, I did do a lot of giant sets. Like I remember when I came out to um, Boca, when I first got my, um, got promoted to a sponsored athlete and I went out to Boca and I worked out with PJ and we did like giant sets on shoulders. That's like kind of how I trained in the beginning. I do like that. Um, and it depends on wh where somebody's at in their goals. I think if you're just starting out and you're super like lean already and you're trying to put on size, I don't think you should be doing giant sets. Um, I think you should take more rest, maybe stick to supersets, going super, super heavy. But I also believe in volume for hypertrophy. Um, then it depends on where you're going and how you do your splits. So like for me, because my focus is on lower body, uh, for a year and a half, I didn't actually even touch my upper body. I did it a little bit before our competition, which everybody should check that video out. People still talk about it to this day. Um, but uh, I, I, like, I didn't touch, my, I don't touch my upper body because I just, I want my upper body to actually atrophy so that my legs can catch up to my upper body. Um, but I, I believe in splitting depending on the male or the female. I don't, I, like for you, because you compete doing chest press, I, I don't think that women really need to do chest press. Um, I believe in breaking up the body parts, whether it's a guy or a girl, breaking it up where each muscle at least gets two days rest or a day and a half or whatnot. Um, again, depending on where they're at uh, and what they want to do. Um, I, I definitely, I mean, if you have the time to get in five days uh, of training. I don't think that seven days, I mean, old school bodybuilders, they would train every single day. Um, I believe in giving your body all my programs to my clients and for myself, I have two days of rest. And by rest, I, I do cardio. So I, I just don't hit anything on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Those are the two days that I just do cardio. Um, so it depends on what a person looks like. If they have body fat to lose, giant sets, they can lose weight and still put on muscle. They can go high volume. Um, and I know this is my sound like confusing. It's not really answering the question, but it's really based on who's person who's standing in front of me and what the person's looking for to like truly be able to say what would work best. And I mean, as both of us being health coaches, you know, coaching different, I mean, I, I don't know if you coach people for bodybuilding. I don't really coach people for bodybuilding. I'm more of a lifestyle coach, but I do have clients that want to like be more like a bodybuilder build, some of my guys. Um, but everybody's, everybody's program is different. So everybody's frame is different. I got a couple guys that are at goal. I got a couple guys that train and do splits differently than another guy, but they both kind of look the same. So it depends on also somebody's metabolism. Uh, it depends on how their body reacts to high volume or heavy. But I truly do believe in heavy weight and volume. 
that's for, for hypertrophy. So I believe in going heavy, but you should be able to at least high volume is like 12 or more reps. That's what I say. So, I, so not it, but. no, uh, so recently, uh, last, uh, last week we were on a podcast and it had nothing to do with, um, fitness or bodybuilding or anything like that. But we happened to get on that topic where somebody asked, uh, Kristen about how long do you train and like, what is it like a training day look like? And I know you kind of described how you work out, but to put it into perspective for people that are watching this, that might not train a way that like you do or Kristen does, what is like when you're in the gym, like how long are you in there? Like what's a typical training day? Is it like 30 minutes of cardio and then maybe the next day you lift? Like what's an actual training day when you're training to, you know, your daily training, like how long are you in there every day? Okay. So for me, I, I break it up. So I get up at three o'clock in the morning and I work. And then at, at literally, you know, hello, here's my stairs. I am on it every single day uh, at 5.45 in the morning and I do 30 minutes of cardio. That is it. On Saturdays and Sundays, I have more emails to do. So I get on it longer. I get two meals in before I go to the gym and then I go to the gym. Now, because of my back injury, I have a herniated disc. I at least warm up for 20 minutes doing reverse hyperextensions, planks, core, no matter what body part it is, whether it's leg day or I just recently started hitting upper body um, uh, or a core day or even a dynamic day. Like sometimes I'll hit the sled or the battle rope. If it's a, if it's a dynamic day, it's my warm up and then maybe 40 minutes of dynamic work. If it's an upper body day, which I just started, it's maybe 15, 20 minutes of core, which I wouldn't count towards somebody else. Like that's only me because I'm older, you know what, and because of my issues. But I would say the average person maybe needs to do a couple of warm-up sets. Um, and then legs, I typically, I my leg workouts are at least an hour and 15 minutes, not counting my warm-up. So that's about how long I'm in the gym. And I do like to go a little slower because if I feel my back, I then have to like go do a core exercise or get the foam roller out for a second. But on, on average, it's like leg day, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 30 tops on upper body day, maybe an hour. And on my like dynamic ish day, um, maybe like 40, 40 minutes. And that's not counting what I do for my back. And I think it depends on the body part. So like if somebody's doing like a, a shoulder workout, 30, 40 minutes, somebody's doing shoulders and arms, maybe an hour, somebody's doing back by itself, or if they're doing back and arms. So I just think the average person, depending on what they're doing, where they want to go, if they're not just doing one little body part, you should be in the gym for about 50 minutes at least. That should be the minimum for bodybuilding. And I and I know there are a lot of bodybuilders out there that talk about a certain amount of sets. Um, I like to hit all angles. So like lat pull downs, I might do lat pull downs four to five sets with two different hand grips. And I might do lats, lat pull downs, head and rows, and go back to lat pull downs with a different hand grip. So again, it really just depends on like what body part or how many body parts are being hit. But that's that's exactly my, like what I just laid out for you is exactly my my how I do it in the length of time. And I would have to say, as like an observer, I saw you a couple months ago when we were in Vegas. I think that you're definitely hitting glutes at least two times a day or two times a week, maybe three <laughs> times a week. I think you're going a little bit heavy on the glutes because it's definitely starting to show. I think glutes are starting to get favored a little bit more than the other body parts. Well, hopefully my legs are catching up because I'm measuring like a mother and my quads have definitely gotten bigger. My glutes, uh, I measure like biweekly. 
um, and they've definitely gotten bigger. Um, hamstrings, I don't know. I, I concur. Yeah. So, but I hit, I do, I, I, the way that I do my leg days is it's only hamstrings on Tuesdays. So only Romanian deadlifts, stiff-legged deadlifts, single-leg hamstring curls, seated and prone. That's it. I don't even do exercises that might have a little bit of quads. None at all. Then on glute day, it is barbell bridges for the win. I call them the raise the roof glutes that we did on the Smith machine. And then accessory work like kickbacks and the lateral kickouts. And that's it. And then on quad days, it is the basics of leg extensions, hack squat, either leg press or barbell squat, sometimes Bulgarians, but more of a focus on the quads than on the glutes and the hamstrings. On the uh, glute day, I might do Bulgarians, but I do them more bent over and then that's more glutes. So it just depends on what I'm feeling on that day. I think with like uh, glute bridges, you might actually lift more than any guy I've seen when it comes to glute bridges. Like so, 600 pounds on glute bridges and makes it look like it's nothing. For just funny story, about a year and a half ago, I did a video of The Rock on top and a, a split and me on the bottom. And I was doing like a hundred pounds more than he was. And I was repping it out the exact same way that he was. And I had everybody tagging him and sending it to him in his DM. And he, <laughs> and he never commented. I remember that post. I remember that. He never commented. I mean, he's so, The Rock. Let's uh, transition and pair this with like nutrition and diet. Okay. Um, when it comes to dieting and, and your current um, calorie or caloric intake, what does like a typical diet look like for you right now? Right now? Okay. So literally as of uh, a couple days ago, I have now started three refeeds a week. I don't do cheat meals because I'll be in the hospital if I was to do, let's say, like a donut or bad food. So I had, I, like, I used to do sushi, then sushi started to aggravate me. So I actually do a burger. I don't like the bun. So I just do a burger with sauteed onions wrapped in lettuce and fries. And I do that literally as my post-workout meal all three leg days. Um, and then I'm probably eating about 3,500 calories on leg days, um, just from the extra calories from the refeed. And then um, about uh, like th just about 3,000 calories on all my other days. So even though whether it's a rest day or not, I do end up not being hungry on Wednesday and Saturday. Um, so I do eat a little bit less carbs, but it's I, I try to make up for it in fat. So I'm still having 3,000 calories. So 3,000, five days, uh, four days a week, and like 3,500-ish or more on my leg days. And then a typical day. So my first meal is eggs, whole eggs, um, and oatmeal. And then my pre-workout meal is chicken with a little bit of coconut oil and a muffin, like, like a chocolate muffin, chocolate chip muffin, like a mm. muffin. Um, I love you, had, you had him at muffin. I know. <laughs> And then my post-workout meal, sometimes, depending on my stomach, I'll do a protein shake. If my stomach's not feeling it, I'll just do chicken again. Um, and I do rice, probably about 200, 250 grams of rice. Then my next meal is like salmon and rice again. Then my next meal is steak and rice again. Or maybe I'll do another muffin earlier in place of the rice. 
Um, and then my last meal is like chicken and salad. And I always add coconut oil. So I'm probably getting in close to 90 grams of fat every day. And more than that on my, um, my refeed days. And I don't, I don't, I'm, off the top of my head, I can't probably 500 grams of carbs or more. Wow. Two, two, and, two and change, uh, two, 200 and change in protein. Where do you think you're at with uh, body fat right now? Single digits? Um, I was when I was around 155. Um, and it was before I moved to Nevada. Right after we went into the pandemic, I went into San Francisco and I got a body scan and it was like 9.5. Um, I would probably say maybe 11 because I've also, since then, I've put on probably about eight or nine pounds. I'm about 38%, I believe, right now. <laughs> you are not. But I'm bulking. Right. It's, I'm, I'm doing the forever bulk. Like you bulk and then when you're done, then you start bulking again. It's just you don't stop bulking. Never. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about like uh sponsorships i think well the biggest one that i know that you have is blackstone labs right yep. um how did that happen and if like somebody out here is like an aspiring bodybuilder or competes how do you go about getting a sponsorship and then how did you get yours with blackstone labs and how did that whole process work so um i will say my first sponsor was actually squeeze me skinny um and uh it's because when i first started uh okay so I have maintained 132 pounds for years. Like right after I gave birth to Koa, I literally lost 51 pounds in two and a half months. Of course, some of that was baby, but I competed eight months after I gave birth to him just to inspire. I was a fitness manager at the gym, just to inspire women at the gym to like, hey, you can have a kid and then still get in shape. So fast forward to right, we literally, there's a lot that happened in between then. But then we adopted, my second son's adopted because I found out I couldn't have more kids. So that's a whole nother story. And right when we got back from Virginia adopting him, and I don't know why the two happened at the same time, but I said, I want to change my physique. And I don't know if it was like, okay, we have another baby and I, I still want to be able to do something for me. So when we got, when I got back from Virginia, I actually reached out to, I don't know if you know who she is, Tina Wynn. Um, uh, and she's a bodybuilder. She's an IFBB pro. I reached out to her and I said, Hey, do you coach women? And I've never had a coach before ever in all my life. I've always just done my own thing. So, uh, she said, no, I don't, but my boyfriend does. So I ended up hiring him and she was an athlete for Blackstone. And this was way before they had the ambassador program. So Amir, Amir is going to be six in June. So that's literally when this all happened. So I reached out to Blackstone. I reached out to PJ. I don't even know who was there at the time. It wasn't Josh. And I was like, do you guys, like, what's the process as to how you can become a sponsored athlete? And they're like, oh, we kind of picked you. Because that's what Tina told me. They just reached out to her because of her following. So I was like, oh, I guess you got to have a big following. Or you got to be a, an IFBB pro. So that's kind of the reason why I got back into competing. Because, like, right after I hired him, I did another show, which I hadn't competed in years. So, and then I stopped working with him and I'm not going to get into why. Um, and then fast forward, I, PJ and um, uh, they, they started the ambassador program. So I said, I want in, I've been using, and I was using their products for years. And even when I started, before I started as an ambassador, I'm not going to say the name, but they were like, 
a bunch of other nutrition companies that would reach out to me, try to get me to like, like asking me if I would represent their brand. But I'm like, I don't use anything else but Blackstone. I'm not going to, I try to be as genuine as possible. I'm not going to represent something that, you know, I'm not using. And I said, I'm kind of waiting it out for Blackstone. And then they had the ambassador program. I joined that. And then I competed again. But I competed again under another guy and I started doing good. I won first place. I mean, I, I won with that other guy, but I got first place and then I went to nationals and I got fourth place. And then I took a year off, bulked again, I bulked and then competed again. Um, and then I got second and then I got second place. But I was about to launch my 30 day challenge because um, I do 30 day challenges, but I do them a little differently than like a lot of other people do them. I, because of my emotional connection to food and the kind of coach I am, I wanted to start a 30 day program that would help people like every Friday when they check in, they got to tell me what they struggled with. So I sit in front of the computer from three in the morning until nine in the morning, critiquing a hundred emails during the weeks of my challenges. So, um, so that program was going to be launched after the, sh the last show that I did two and a half years ago. And PJ reached out to me and he's like, I saw how well you placed. And he goes, you totally should have gotten your pro card because I got second place. I did physique and figure. And um, I said, yeah, and he goes, he goes so what's next to you? And I said, nothing, I'm done. Like I said, I was going to get my pro card and then I was going to launch my next product, but my program, but I didn't get my pro card, but that's not going to stop me from launching my product. I don't, I'm done. So then he goes, all right. And he left it at that. And then he said, I want you to come into live tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So I go live and he announces on Instagram with me and him are in the box or whatever. And he says that he didn't want, he saw so much potential in me getting my pro card that he didn't want money or whatever to be the reason. And he thought that it was money, but it, it was because it is pretty damn expensive. It's like $350 a class, then the suits are $1,000, then the tanning and the hair and the travel. And that's money I could spend on making memories with my family. So he's like, you got second place in masters, but you should have gotten first in figure and in physique. And he's like, you got one more show and you'll be a pro. And I was like, I know, but I'm really done. So then that's when he called me in and he said, I want to, I, I want to uh, promote you to a full sponsored athlete, which means that I will pay for everything. I will pay for your shows. I will pay for everything. And I thanked him. I cried a lot because I had been wanting to be a sponsored athlete. <laughs> um, and then I called him afterwards and I said, I really do appreciate that, but um, I hope you still want to keep me as a sponsored athlete, but I don't want to compete. Like I'm never going to get back on stage. And I said, so um, you don't you're gonna save money, I guess. <laughs> You don't have to spend any money on shows for me. And uh, he said, all right, I totally get it. I love that about you. You put your family first and your business first. And then he's like, all right, guess I'm saving a lot of money. And that's it. And that was how I got the sponsorship. And and he said it wasn't. When was, when was this conversation? When did you say to him? Two and a half years ago. Right? Like it was just before I did. Show. Okay. And have you competed since then? Okay. And I never will. Never will. The <laughs> I love how comfortable you are with that decision. Like, I have so much respect for you for that. I yeah. just I I can't get there right now. Like I just I'm still like so into it. But I love you're so sincere and direct and confident in that, and I love that about it. 
but you what you do is totally different than getting on stage like 100% yes 100% something about like the, the the fact that you compete in something that nobody can say you didn't win like and I'm not saying that I should have won my pro card I'm just saying when you compete the way that you compete your numbers you hit it there's no there's no way like okay maybe it was Kristen and maybe it was this other girl like when it comes to competitions like I was competing in it depends on which judge is in the mood for which look so that he is kind of like a waste of time and then that's I kind of one of the questions uh, that I had is uh, I don't know a ton about bodybuilding but what percentage uh, and I'm not looking for a number I mean like how much does money play how much does sponsorships how much does who you know play a part into winning or does it not at all in your mind? Like if um, you're a, a nobody that just steps on stage versus a fully sponsored athlete with the top companies that no judges, does any of that matter? I don't see, here's the thing. I don't know the behind the scenes stuff enough to know. I do know that when I competed the year before the last one, they had said Sandy doesn't like brunettes and Sandy doesn't like girls with tattoos. So the placing the year before that, it was a blonde petite girl uh, that won first place. Then it was this jacked girl that had a couple tattoos that got second place. And then a girl that was a little bit less muscular than me that got third and then me that got fourth. So none of it made any sense. So I have no idea what it had to do with. So the behind the scenes kind of things, I don't know if it has any impact. I used to say, I wasn't anybody. I didn't have a name. I didn't have Blackstone. I was just, you know, whatever. Just I was just me. And I said, I want to come in there with the baddest body ever that that if there was any politics behind it, they could not deny me. But I don't know if there is. I don't know. Right. If and that's what I think. That's why I like what she does a little bit more is because with yours is you look amazing. And you can stand next to somebody that also looks amazing. And it's so hard to like pick who wins versus with hers. It's whoever shows up on game day, whoever yeah. lifts the most weight wins. Like there's no, there's no denying who wins. It's yeah. just who lifts the most, who runs the fastest, who does the best. Like it's just a clear cut winner that day yeah, where yours, I, like, that, I would probably still be into it. Right. Because mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't for me, stopping the competition wasn't just about the politics if there was politics behind it it just the, the last the show the last show that i did was a really bad experience like i'm not going to get too much into it but my hair started falling out like my i was totally crazy like within seconds i would flip it and i know that people say that dieting for a show is hard and all that other stuff and i don't deny that but i just felt like what i went through I'm not gonna say it's harder than somebody else's. I just don't think it's not, I don't think it's supposed to be like that. Where you have hair extensions in your hair and you go like this and you have like a worm in your hair. Or you do this again and then you have another worm in your hair and you have bald spots in your head and, and, and you're- That's what happened on the sides here. I got all of it right no, here on the sides. I can, I can see. Stop. It's from that 2% body fat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You gotta like bulk, bulk <laughs> the bulking season. Yeah. yeah so, um, when you look at bodybuilding as a whole, for you personally, when you look at the diet, the training, the stepping on stage, uh, what's the hardest thing 
the is last it the training. The, no, the last six weeks uh, of dieting, a hundred percent. But it's it's the last six weeks of dieting and then having to go into the gym with almost the same intensity. That's what I would say. So, so I mean, do you embrace I'm, the stepping on stage part? Like when you step on stage, is that like your thing, or are you like nervous getting up there? Like, what is the stage part like? Uh, the stage part for me was, was like nerve wracking in the beginning, but it was on and off. Like my first one was in 2009, then 2011, then 15, then 17, and then whatever to like 18. So like for me, being on stage was never, it was like, I was nervous when I did physique cause I actually had to do a routine, but I do have a dance background. So I wasn't too nervous. Um, I used to be pulled on stage to dance in front of thousands of people at a convention. So for me, it was never the nervousness of the stage. Um, the, the, that part was, I mean, that part I loved because I got, I got to look all pretty and the long hair and all that other stuff. Um, but I, I would say, and I wouldn't even say it was every show. I would just say it was honestly for me, this last show that I did. And I'll tell you guys off camera, sorry, everyone what really happened and why <laughs> this last Ooh. show was the kicker for me. And so I know people are wondering, but like when you say a dance background, you mean like tap, jazz, ballet, not like paying your way through college, right? No, I mean like, I mean like, no, I'm only kidding. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so I, I took an entire semester, right I took an entire semester of dance in college, um, modern tap, jazz, hip hop. Uh, fast forward when I was a trainer, uh, me and my best friend used to teach a hip hop dance class. Uh, when I got certified through my first certification 20 years ago, I started uh, training. I started working for the company and training trainers and then giving them CECs. And twice a year, we would go to conventions and there would be, and you guys probably wouldn't even know their names, but like famous like choreographers that would choreograph for Britney Spears and, and this guy, Tony Stone and Angie Bunch and all that other stuff. And if anybody follows dance, they would know who they are from many moons ago, but there would be conventions of like thousands of people in a convention hall. And we would all be putting, doing this little dance routine. And I would always try to be in the front row. And afterwards when they would pull like a couple people from the crowd that got it and pull them on stage and do have them perform with the choreographer. And that was always me. But I haven't danced in 15 years and I totally miss it. I didn't know that about Maybe you, Maybe next time that you're on the podcast, we'll let you step back and do a little routine, yeah. spin around. Okay, a little, fun, a little fun fact for you. My favorite dancer on the face of the earth, this guy named Fiction, who won, I think, So You Think You Could Dance, probably in 2014. So his family lives out here. I commented on something. Then I don't know if you uh -oh. saw that some flipper guy um, uh, did a little reel with me, a little funny reel on Instagram. You guys should watch it. It was last week. It was really funny. And Fiction sent me a private message. And he's like, next time I'm in Vegas, I want us to do a little collab. So we're going to do a workout collab. And this guy's got like 1.7 million followers. He's been on TV. That's oh, awesome. Boy. And then he knows that I have a dance background because of the conversation that we had like a couple months ago. And he's like, I also, I want to do a workout thing. That's funny. And then I want to do a little dance thing. And I'm like, Oh, I love it. Oh my God. So I'm losing my mind. That's coming up. This oh. is awesome. I can't oh. wait to see that. Oh my God. You and me both. Um, so business. So we, we know like the whys and the behind Jen and, and what made you who you are, but you're, you're a, you're a personal trainer. I would even call you a professional trainer at this point. You've been doing this for 
many, many, many years. So how did you get into that? So right after I got out of the hospital, I just started working at the front desk at New York Sports Club, finished my certification, and then uh, was uh, doing personal training. Um, I did that for New York Sports Club for four years. My best friend um, came, um, I, I was going to say here, thinking that I'm still in California. My best friend's husband got transferred to California. So she moved here. And then I came out to visit her. And she very slickly introduced me to the fitness manager at Bally's and convinced me and i had wanted to get away from the drama in new york a lot of the life my ex-boyfriend my ex-ex-boyfriend my father um so i up in 2005 i literally i came to visit her on april 23rd i'll never forget the day i bought my one-way ticket to move to california on june 15th i took a month i got all my clients set up um the fitness manager in california had me all set up with like clients ready to go. There were a couple trainers that were like uh, leaving or going away to college or whatnot. So um, I moved out here. I was a trainer for 11 months for Bally's, then got promoted to a fitness manager. Um, and then Christian and I just did not like the direction that the um, gym was going. It was just all about sitting in the office and less about clients. Uh, and Apollo was one years old and I went to go pick him up from my mother-in-law's house and he didn't want to come home to me. And it's because five days a week I was at the gym from five in the morning and I was dropping him off at her house and I wasn't getting home until eight o'clock at night. And I said, I'm done. So Christian actually left before I did. Um, and then we opened up a Gary Fitness in California in uh, January, uh, January 4th of 2010. Then one of my first clients lost a hundred pounds in nine months at the age of 50 and her sister wanted to coach. Wow. So I started doing online coaching 10 years ago or 10 in a couple months. Um, and then that's it. I mean, I've been, I've been doing the online coaching and the semi-private personal training for 10 years, but a, a trainer for 20. So and wow. how has the uh, pandemic affected your business in any way? Me personally, it's actually made it better, which I'm actually loving my schedule, my life, my everything, because as I mentioned, I, I, start, I do, I've been doing online coaching for 10 years, but I have clients in Texas, Florida, Pittsburgh, Ohio, everywhere, but they would never be able to come into the studio with me. So two days after we went into quarantine, I started training clients on Zoom. This is the computer that I use. And uh, like seven of my clients were like, oh my God, I can train with you now. Like you can put me through workouts. And I'm like, yeah, you could be in the gym or you could be at home. And at the time, everybody was home. And then a couple months in, some of the states started to open up. So I have clients that literally go into the gym, they prop up their phone or their iPad and they, I give them their workout. I have all my workouts all written out. I give them their workout, they back up and they, and they do the, the workouts. Then people started hearing that I was doing, that that's what I do, and that I can train them in the gym, I can train them at home. Um, so then my online and regular business, like all my my California clients, they have just stayed with me. I have lost a few people that wanted to get back into the gym, especially when I moved and I announced that we were closing the studio in California. Um, but for me, my business has been the best. And then a combination and the 30-day challenge, I was doing it once every two, three months. But when the pandemic hit, I literally was doing it every single month. So I got to get in front of 30 to 40 new people every single month. 
Some of them ended up staying on as clients. Some of them did the challenge for round two. Some of them did it just to get their light back. And I still talk to them to this day. One of the women that won it two and a half years ago, she still comments on all my stuff. Um, so for me, the pandemic has really had, I, I like love my schedule. Like I'm going to train clients right now and my kids will be home. So if, it, if this was pre-pandemic, I would be in California and I would leave the house at six o'clock and go into the studio. And I wouldn't be able to put Amir to bed because Christian would put him to bed because I would get home at 8.30. So now I'm home. If he wants to give me a kiss while I'm training a client, he can come over and then go in the kitchen. So I love my schedule now. I love the way that I do things. Um, the only thing is, you know, we had to close our business, our successful business of 11 years. We had to close it. And then Christian basically start not really started all over because a lot of his clients stayed also. Um, but he he's in, he's the only one that's in the studio right now. I don't I don't I only go into the studio if somebody comes to visit. You see, you're definitely a lot nicer than Kristen because if I walked out there when she was training a client and tried to kiss her, she yells at me. But your son goes out there. Her son, you're not my son. Well, still, a kiss is a kiss. Who am I? You know what I mean? Listen, Maybe I'm old fashioned, but a kiss is a kiss. If Christian. Um, if Christian came over here, he'd be getting hands too. <laughs> <laughs> like you should know better. Our kids don't know better. They're and they're sweet. Um, one of the questions we got <laughs> is, uh, "What do you do for fun? Do you have hobbies? Is there anything outside of working? Remember, working out's not a hobby. Um, counting your macros not a hobby. Is there anything that you do for fun? That's what I do for fun. That's why he's saying that. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wardrobe change. Hey, Whoa. 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 Our first Whoa. Are we all doing up. wardrobe changes? We're all doing this? Yes. I had to do a wardrobe change. Make sure you tell Joe that I did this. Okay. And then I got on my, I figured I put the, I figured I put the booty in there. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. This just got better. I will just say oh. we got an upgrade. Our first episode just got upgraded. Our I first guest took her clothes off, twerked. Yeah, we've got it all. Perfect. Um, I, I have no idea what the question was. What was it? Uh, I don't either, to be honest. I have no hobbies, idea. Hobbies, hobbies. You oh, have yeah, hobbies. Yeah. Okay. So what's funny is that somebody actually, for the first time in maybe years, just asked me this on my Instagram. It might even be the same guy that sent it in to you guys. But my answer to him was that I don't really have one. Like just spending time with my kids and me and Koa watch the show The Hundred, and then when that one series is over, and then just getting to like hang out with my kids and to own own my own business and spend time with them is like my time. But as soon as that guy Fiction said that he's gonna do a dance video with me, it made me really miss dance. So there's a really high chance but I'm going to try to find a dance studio and I might add that into my thing. Try. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And then the only also, dancing I do is like uh, and, wait, bump and grinding. Wait. That's the only one I know. I learned that in eighth grade, bump and grind. That's all I know. Is that an official announcement? You're going to get back into dance and you're announcing it on the Hustle and Muscle now podcast? I now I have to. <laughs> See, this would be the second time that you've inspired change in my life. Third, third, third. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's because I love you so much. Oh, I love you. Um, I know we talked about Blackstone. I know we're coming to the end of the time here. Um, you talked about Squeeze Me Skinny in the beginning, Blackstone. You talked about Agiri Fitness. Um, anybody else that currently is helping you along the way that you want to give a shout out to? 
Yeah, so Squeeze Me Skinny was my first sponsor, and I truly, truly stand by Squeeze Me Skinny because in six years that I've been bulking, I have put on 30 pounds, but my waist has gotten smaller, and that could segue into me giving my numbers as to what my measurements are. Um, but uh, then Blackstone, then, um, and Joe just made fun of me talking about how I, all I ever do is wear my mini beast shorts. I don't even know where the name is. Whatever. Uh, so Mini Beast is another one. The X Bands, which I have them all over here. Um, then Real Muscle is another now sponsored actually for Real Muscle. And um, Natural Health Remedies, it's a CBD company. So those are all my sponsors. Uh, Gary Fitness, if somebody's in Henderson or Vegas and wants to coach with my husband. And I have a 30 day challenge that's coming up in April. If anybody wants to break the emotional connection to food, and crazy transformations. You can see a million of them on the website. Um, and then that will segue right into measurements. Yes? Or do you want What to are they? What? Okay. So these have always stayed the same. Uh, I think these are 36. Um, my <laughs> is a 28 now. Um, it has gotten down to a 27 and a half. That's the smallest it's ever been. Um, and it's probably at 28.5 today because I just had a refeed yesterday. And my booty, from the video that I did like a month ago, was 41 inches. And then the updated booty is 41.25. But I might measure again and see if it's even more than that. Wow. That's impressive. Um, I so if anybody, if anybody wants to like actually work with you as a, a client, they don't have to be in shape, right? Like, like throw that out there. No. A anybody, no. right? So this is one thing that I have struggled for years as to what kind of content I would put out. And I had a really nice conversation with a friend. So I want to look the way that I want to look because that's my goal. But there's not one client that wants to look the way that I look. I mean, some of the girls that they say that my body is, you know, they have, say I have a nice butt or whatever, nice shoulders. But primarily my clientele is... 30s to 50s. I have a 65-year-old. I have a 65-year-old in a wheelchair that I see on Zoom. Um, I have I've had an 84-year-old client. I have a 16-year-old client right now, the whole family, wife, uh, husband, and son. Um, so my I'm lifestyle coach. I don't put my clients through the workouts that I put myself through. I mean, I might give them little versions of it, but that's not my clientele. I don't want, nor will I ever put anybody on stage. If I have a client that gets that close to goal shape or, or, or stage shape and they want to do a show, I would refer them out to a coach because I, I will, just because I know how to take direction from all the coaches that I had, doesn't know that I know what to do. Doesn't, I have no ego. I have 20 years experience with personal training, but I have none with putting somebody on stage and I don't ever want to learn that. So that's why I say like I struggled because should I put out content on workouts that I put my clients through or should I show who I am and what I do, but I'm not that coach. I don't coach people for what I do for myself. Okay? Right. I think that makes sense is pushing that message of like, this is what I look like and I can help you look like whatever it is that you want to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and I think your body is just a testament to your dedication and how hard you work and just your knowledge in general. Yeah. And you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, how can people reach out to you? How can people that don't follow you right now, how can they follow you? How can they contact you? Uh, they could follow. I just redid my website like two hours ago. So um, my website is just Jen Aguirre, not Jenna Geary. 
<laughs> I love how close you just got, uncomfortably close to the microphone. Very <laughs> Okay, so jenagiri.com, J-E-N-N-A-G-U-I-R-R-E, jenagiri.com. That's my website if anybody wants to coach with me. Um, and then my Instagram. I mean, Facebook people can find me on. I don't really accept a lot of friend requests because I like to have room for like the, the 30 day challengers because I have a private group on Facebook, but um, Instagram, I mean, I do put different content so they can follow me. I put more family stuff on Facebook, which is just Jennifer Russo Aguirre. And then my Instagram handle is Jen Aguirre 7877, which if you're wondering, that's my date of birth. I'm going to be 44. Got it. That's it. Okay. July 77. Awesome. Um, well, I think, uh, is there anything else that you want to add before I say my goodbyes? Uh, thank you. Like, wow. Like, I'm blown away that you wanted me to be the first one. And I was really blown away that you said that people really wanted to see me and you, me and Kristen. Um, me and Christy. You gotta read the comments. Yeah, we have to come back out to Vegas, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Yes. And I got my camera. Oh man, where is it? I got my camera all ready for you guys. Well, you I even got a it. bag. Look at you. Oh, ah. So yes, I was blown away that you said that people asked for us to do stuff. And I will tell you, uh, literally, Christian just got his first client because they saw mine and your video. And then I had somebody literally uh, two days ago. I'll tell you where to send the check. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> send me a picture of them in Florida on the stair mill watching the video of you and me in my studio doing the glue workout that you guys made. I love it. I, I'm like, I'm blown away. So you have no idea how much I love this. I love what you're doing. I think you guys are both amazing. You guys are couple goals. Uh, I really appreciate that you wanted me to be the first one. I'm going to cry. Ooh. Ooh. I'm so glad. And I can't wait to watch all your future guests. Because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, what, what do they call ride or die. I'm ride or die. So I will like, subscribe, comment on everything. I <laughs> yeah, and I'll put all of your information too. When we post this on our uh, on the Hustle and Muscle podcast YouTube channel, I'll put all of your information in the description, and that way yeah. people can go down below and they can follow. They go right to your website directly, contact you on Instagram. So I'll put your email address and everything on there. Too. We'll load up your challenges. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I want to thank you very much for coming on. I know you're very busy, and I know you're about to leave here in a couple seconds, and you've got more things on your agenda. So I want to thank you very much for taking an hour out of your day and joining us. Uh, and it was great seeing you again. It was my pleasure. And now I. We'll join a dance class and you will book the next flight out to Vegas. Deal? Absolutely. Perfect. Shake on it. Shake on it. I love it. Done. Done deal. All right, Jen. Thank you so much. Your alarm yeah. is going off. Look Come at on. us. We are on. You're more than welcome to log out. Everybody else stick around because we're going to introduce our next guest. Jen, thank you so much. And we will catch you pretty soon. Love you. We love you. Thank you. So if you guys are ready for our next guest, we still got 32 people in here. If you guys want to see next week, are you ready to announce it? If you guys are ready to see who our next guest is, comment yes in the comment section. We could jump into the comment section right now. Jen had to leave. Um, so now we're back with you guys in the comments.
Say yes, and I will release next week's guest. I'm very excited about this, and I made the trailer video for this, and I'm super excited. He's really excited um, about the trailer, guys. Really excited. Almost as much as I am about the guest, because the guest is another friend of ours, somebody that's been on the channel before. We got yes from Michael Wall, yes from David, yes from Russ. Russ is still awake. Russ, we filmed this a little bit earlier for you, because now it's probably 2 a.m. in us. your time. Uh, all right, so you guys ready? Here we go. We're going to announce this guest, and I want to, when this is over, I want to hear your feedback. Oh, yeah, you got to tell us how you like this. Yeah, if you're excited about this as we are. Are you guys ready? Professional strong woman and good friend of ours, Brittany Diamond. I'm Brittany so excited. Diamond will be joining us next week. We just um, spent an entire day with her um, in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, that's right. right. Right before America's Strongest Woman. It was awesome. So, what do you guys think of that intro? If you don't even know who Brittany Diamond is, did that intro hype you up or what? Did it hype me up? Like, I was like, I was amped for it. I'm excited. I know. I was like, three, two, one. Like. Does anybody know real quick? This should. If you've been tuned in from the beginning, now I'm getting excited. Did anybody catch what I talked about with that whole role model thing in the beginning? And then did anybody pick up the intro for that video, the first seven seconds of that? Did anybody see that correlation? Did you pick up on the correlation? The wrestling? The yes. WWF? That was the Royal Rumble. We're going to get sued by WWF for or WWE sure. right now. But that was the Royal Rumble entrance, and I loved how I think that's going to happen every He's week. He's really excited. I think this is going to happen every week. Yeah, so. and we have all we have guests booked throughout the whole next month, and they are like, I think they're all like bangers. They're all tens. Yeah. yeah. The first episode of the Hustle and Muscle we podcast. We it's did a it. Wrap. Season it's one a wrap. is over. Join us again, May of twenty twenty two. We're going to be filming episode two. There we go. It's like a Netflix documentary where we and film. this. Next season, Chris will be my co-host. Yeah. Right? Until next time. Yeah. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers, guys. We're out. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us on episode number one of the Hustle Muscle Podcast. Peace we'll out. Bye. Catch you guys later.